Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Three best quarterbacks in the NFL playoffs are all probably in the AFC. Who do you trust the most to make a run to the Super Bowl? We're talking about it. Candy and Carlin is on ESPN Radio. ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining car, home, motorcycle, commercial auto, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save by going to Progressive.com. That is Progressive.com. I'm Aaron Goldhammer with Chris Canty today. The Chiefs have Mahomes. The Bills have Josh Allen. The Bengals have Joe Burrow. Who do you trust the most, Chris? Yes. That's my answer. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Those are the three best quarterbacks in the entire playoff field, Hammer. Not just the AFC. And so... If you gave me any one of them, I'd feel pretty good about my team's chances at being able to run the table and get to the Super Bowl. But if you have to try to boil it down when you pit these three against each other, I've got to go with the guy that's hosted the conference championship game four straight years. Like my friend Nick Wright always says, he calls it the Arrowhead Invitational. That's the AFC conference championship game. And that's been Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid since Pat Mahomes became this full-time starter with the Chiefs. So I would lean in that direction. The only caveat is that Joe Burrow has beaten the Kansas City Chiefs three times in the last calendar year, including in the AFC Championship game last year. So when you start thinking about who the potential boogeyman could be once you get into the playoffs, the guy that nobody wants to play against is Joe Burrow. He's scary. Now, I will say this, the Bengals – Championships aspirations have taken a hit. Trey Hendrickson has a broken wrist. You got Sam Hubbard, who's going to miss a few weeks with a calf injury that he suffered against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I'm not sure what that defense and what the pass rush for the Bengals D is going to look like moving forward. Uh, but but again, that would be the one team that I would I would put a question mark by just because we've seen them heat up at the right time last year and ride that to a Super Bowl. And it feels like it's trending in that direction again. But the team that I would put my money on today out of the AFC to get to the Super Bowl has to be the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, if the Bills get the number one seed, Chris, I think it's going to be really hard to go in there and win. We haven't seen that happen yet. You know what I mean? Like, you know what, you're, to, to your Nick Wright point, like the Arrowhead Invitational, well, what if it's the Buffalo Invitational? Because right now, if the season were to end today, it would be the Buffalo Bills with the number one seed, not Kansas City. Now, I understand they have to beat Cincinnati to secure that on Monday Night Football in a couple of weeks right after the first of the year. But, Chris, if they do that in those weather conditions, Josh Allen's arm strength, his ability to cut the ball through that wind, what he did on that last drive against Miami on Saturday night really showed me something. And I know there are questions about whether or not they can run the ball well enough to win. I mean, they can. Josh Allen is their best running back. Mm -hmm. So I think the guy who has to be Superman is Josh Allen. But I also just wonder, after what happened to them in the playoffs last year, like psychologically, does that give them an advantage or a disadvantage that they had one of the most devastating losses, I think, in the history of sports in the divisional playoff round in Kansas City last year? I I think you're sleeping. Certainly you'd take any of these guys. Yes is the answer to the question. But I think you're sleeping that you didn't even bring up Josh Allen at all in your answer. Well, the reason why I didn't bring up Josh Allen is because he turns the football over entirely too much. Now, 
it feels like he's gotten past that hammer because in the last few weeks we haven't seen quite as many turnovers as we saw in the first two and a half months of the season. But, I mean, this guy has accounted for 16 turnovers this season, 16 of them. Now, over the last couple of weeks, he's only had – over the last three games, he's only had two turnovers. So that's a step in the right direction. But I can't ignore the turnovers, especially in the red zone. Six of those 16 turnovers happen in the red area, the scoring area. A part of winning in the playoffs is being really good at situational football. And we had Josh Allen in the month of November admit he needed to be better in terms of situational awareness. That's one of those things that it's hard to assign a certain level of trust to a quarterback that has exhibited the the trait of turning over the football at inopportune times. So you got a great defense that has your back. They're great in sudden change. They're great in the red zone. They're great on third down. But I think when you play against the better offenses, they're going to cash in on those miscues. If you don't believe me, all you got to do is see what the Cincinnati Bengals did in Tampa this past week against the Bucs. Listen, I think the Chiefs are getting kind of bored, and that's what happened against the Texans last week. Texans, I guess, are kind of game and playing hard to try to save Lovey Smith's job or something. Yeah. The fact that that game went to overtime, though, you know, and, and it tells me maybe the Chiefs just aren't exactly peaking at the right time. I trust him and Kelsey. Can they protect him well, number one? And then is their defense good enough now, number two? Because a couple years ago when they won the Super Bowl, that defense is what turned it on for them and really made the difference late. Of the three teams, I think the Bills have the best defense of those three, even with Von Miller hurt. Without question. I completely agree. Now, what we see from that pass rush is ultimately what's going to decide the Bills' fate because I think – You're going to get what you're going to get from Josh Allen in that offense. I think it's going to be up to the defense to be able to hold on to leads and close out games with pass rush. Has A.J. Epinesa and Greg Rousseau and Boogie Basham, Ed Oliver and Daquan Jones, have those guys develop enough when you can rely on them getting after the quarterback with four-man rushes? Or are you going to see more of what you've seen the last couple of weeks with Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano, linebackers, adding on to the pass rush? Because the latter is going to get you beat against teams that have quarterbacks like Joe Burrow and Pat Mahomes who are outstanding against the Blitz. So yeah. you got to be able to win with a four-man rush in this league when the playoffs come. And I'm not quite sure that the Bills are there yet. They have the talent to do it, but there's also a reason why Brandon Bean, their general manager, went out and gave Von Miller $140 million. He felt sure. like he needed him. Sure, and and that's a significant loss. But all these teams, you know, Tyreek Hill not being on the Chiefs, I think, is a significant loss for Kansas City as they go into their playoff run. They haven't felt that a ton this year. In the playoffs is where I think they're really going to feel it. And for Cincinnati, you know, they have had some things bounce their way. You know, certainly there were a couple of games in the playoffs last year that they could have lost, but they didn't. Um, I'll say this, though. With those three guys, first of all, I feel good for my television remote and my uh, uh, TV down in the basement because I'm going to enjoy watching all of those games in the playoffs. And I feel bad for everybody else in the AFC because one of those three teams is definitely going to the Super Bowl, and I wouldn't give really anybody else a chance. The South champ is going to be a – talk about a a de facto division champion – 
uh, your your reward for winning the AFC South this year should be going to the college football playoff, not the NFL playoffs. <laughs> uh, and then I don't buy any of the wild card teams. You know, I guess Miami could give somebody kind of a game or whatever, but um, it, it just means you look at those three guys. Lamar Jackson has got to be sitting there saying to to Baltimore, man. I'm your only hope to beat these three guys, so you're going to have to, Steve Bashotti, give me all that money. All three of these other guys just about are paid. I wonder what Burrow is ultimately going to get from Cincinnati. That could be an interesting negotiation when it's time to have that conversation. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And Hammer, I'll say this, how the AFC playoffs shake out will have implications in terms of those quarterback contracts this yeah. coming offseason because you got Joe Burrow, you got Lamar Jackson, you got Tua, and you have Justin Herbert. All of those guys are going to be in line for new deals. So how does that all shake out in terms of what happens in the playoffs and who ultimately ends up getting rewarded? No doubt teams that pay a premium for having those quarterbacks, they put a little extra cream on top when you got a guy that can win multiple playoff games. So don't think that these playoffs won't have implications on quarterback negotiations, and the quarterback market overall in the 2023 offseason. Yeah, the Lamar Jackson storyline, I think that's going to be the biggest story of the offseason is whether the Ravens can pay him and how that negotiation goes. Well, up next, I know he's won seven Super Bowls already, but can we make the crazy case that the next three games are the most important of Tom Brady's entire career? It's Canty and Carlin. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He's Chris Canty, and it's next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Canty and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. You can call us. The Dr. Pepper call-in line open, 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. We're contractually obligated to talk about Tom Brady every day on Canty and Carlin. <laughs> so we should fulfill that contractual obligation. You know, somehow he lucks out to be in this division. The NFC South winner is very likely going to be under 500. Tampa 6-8 and eight leading it. Then there are three teams at 5-9 and nine who are all one game back. It's crazy, I, isn't it? I, I want to change the rules to let like someone else deserves to. Can you imagine one of those teams makes it? Detroit goes nine and eight or whatever, and they have to sit on the sidelines. They don't. They don't make it. Tom Brady was talking on his Let's Go podcast on Sirius XM. Um, even at his age, everything he's seen, it's difficult to address how to handle it when you aren't playing well. 
It's hard to show up every day to the media and say, well, why aren't you getting it done? What's wrong with you? Why are you guys not performing the way you want? I've never had to deal with that. And you know what? It's not very fun. It's so easy to throw in the towel. That's what most people want. It's why you listen on TV and, oh, it's what you should have done. Well, yeah, if you're a loser, that's what you should do. You should just fold the tent when things don't go the way you want. That's not the way life is. Does Tom regret? No, I don't think he regrets it. I mean, he went down to Tampa. He won a Super Bowl. And I, I think he felt like there was an opportunity to compete for another championship, which is why he only retired for 40 days this offseason. I don't think he regrets the decision to come back and play because every player knows that once they hang up those cleats for good, they'll never play competitive football again. So I don't think he regrets the decisions that he's made over the past couple of years, but I think he is questioning his football future and where that might lead him because of the results that we've seen on the field for this Bucks team this year. The jury's still out on Todd Bowles as a head coach. The jury's still out on Byron Leftwich as an offensive coordinator. I think Bruce Arians is a lot better coach than people wanted to give him credit for, and he covered up a lot of issues that this Bucks team had over the last couple of years. But now you're not getting that because he's in the front office. So I do think that the remainder of the regular season and what happens in the postseason is a referendum on Todd Bowles. And that will go a long ways to deciding whether or not Tom Brady decides he's going to go back to Tampa. I can't answer that question for Tom, Chris. But um, I can say I would rather, in my career, I guess it's easy for me to say this at 40 years old, but I would rather in my career leave a year too early than two years too late. And in the NFL, most guys don't. You know, like, did you get to choose, Chris, when it was time for you to retire? Or no. Did the, no, the game no. chose for you. Yeah. So the list of guys is very slim that actually get to face the decision, the Brett Favre decision, the Tom Brady decision. Are you going to actually step aside? I don't know what more could he do battling to make the playoffs under 500 just for the right to get beat by the Cowboys at 45 years old, I don't know what more he feels like he still has to prove. The Bucks' remaining schedule at the Cardinals, home against the Panthers, and that's going to be a huge game. That might be for the division. And then they go to play to the Atlanta Falcons. Um, when you look at that on paper, Chris, it does look like they're going to have a good chance to win out, even though they aren't playing well. Yeah, I mean, according to ESPN's FBI, the Bucks have a 76% chance of getting into the playoffs. So it feels like it's going to happen, even though the Tampa Bay Bucks have shown themselves to be able to be able to lose to anybody, right? I mean, if you lose earlier to the, the Carolina Panthers, then you can lose to anybody. So I, I just I look at this situation for, for Tom, and although I don't want to try to get into Tom's head, I will tell you players love to compete. And you'll never have another forum where you can compete against the best in the world quite like what you have as a player in the National Football League. And so I understand why Tom Brady is fighting, clawing, scratching to get this team to realize their full potential. It's because he loves to compete. How else do you turn yourself from a six-round draft pick to the all-time winningest player in NFL history? How else do you play until you're 45 years old? win a Super Bowl in your 40s. It's because you love to compete. Yeah. And so I get why he's going through all of this and why he's sticking it out. But my only thing is this. The juice has got to be worth the squeeze. If Tom Brady is putting everything he's got into his team having success at the highest levels, 
He's got to feel that same level of commitment from everybody else in the locker room and everybody throughout the entirety of the organization. And what I can say definitively, based on the product we've seen on the field for the Bucks, is that is not the case in 2022. Yeah, I mean, they've had some injuries, but I would agree with you on that. Um, and based on that, I do wonder if Tom is going to play next year and his addiction to football tells me that he is going to play next year. It's not going to be in Tampa Bay. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be in Tampa either. I mean, it would have to be, uh, I mean, it'd have to be everything falling right for the Bucks down the stretch and in the postseason. I mean, you'd have to run the table in the regular season, win your division, and I think it'd probably take multiple playoff games to Ooh. sell Tom Brady that he can win another championship in Tampa. I mean, yeah. wouldn't it have to be that, yeah. Hammer? I mean, I, I, look at how their season has been. I think Tom Brady has already course. had the most losses yes. in any regular season that he's had his entire career. The guy been playing football for 23 years. Yeah, You say he loves to compete. I'm sure that's true. I don't have that crazy competitive gene. Um, but he looks miserable, Chris. He does. Having watched him in the public eye for his entire adult life, basically. My perception through the television, and they were in Cleveland this year where I live, so I did see one game where he was in person and I you know, saw him at a press conference or whatever. He just doesn't seem like he's his normal self. Where do you think then he would go? Because, again, Tom would be a free agent. This would be you'd get Tom Brady on your team and you wouldn't have to give up any draft picks at all. I mean, San Francisco feels like it's a tailor-made spot for him, right? I mean, a couple of weeks ago, he had 100 people in the stadium in Santa Clara to watch him play. His parents still live about 20 minutes from the stadium. Is the childhood team that he grew up rooting for. It just feels like the need is there. It's a team that's already ready to win. Trey Lance, we tried to give it to you. You got hurt this year. We can sit you on the shelf for another year. I mean, you'd, you'd have three years without playing meaningful football in the NFL. But Tom Brady is not a long term proposition. Tom Brady is a one-year, let's see if you can pull this off, because this team is in their championship window right now, and they've proven that they don't need the quarterback to do a lot of heavy lifting. So I I just feel like they could add Tom Brady without blowing up their salary cap, without blowing up their draft, and have an opportunity to win a championship in 2023. To me, that seems like the clear and obvious spot for Tom Brady, being with an offensive-minded coach, one of the best play callers in Kyle Shanahan, the fit is unbelievable, which is probably why it won't happen, Hammer, but I'd like to talk about these well, things. The fit would be amazing. Yeah, it's it's easy for it to happen unless Brock Purdy leads the 49ers to a Super Bowl this year. The team I'd look at is is Vegas. I just think the Josh McDaniels connection is interesting. I think he'd like to play with Devontae Adams. That team has more talent on it than people realize with Max Crosby and stuff on defense. Um, it you know him ending his career in you know single Tom. But they it just up and- traded for Devontae, right? And Devontae yeah. wanted to go to Vegas because he played with his his college quarterback in Derek Carr. I mean, if you add in Tom Brady, you're getting rid of Derek Carr. Yeah, yep. I don't know how that's going to go over with, with that 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 whole situation. I, I'm just just putting it out there. Tom Brady to Tampa, Derek Carr to the Giants, Daniel Jones to. Carolina. The Panthers played at Duke. Yeah, he's from Charlotte. Up next, we'll check in on Tampa and find out what's in store for Tom Brady's future. And what about Todd Bowles' future? Could he be one and done? It's next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. 
your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin. Are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to be the worst team in NFL history to also win their division? It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80. You can check us out on your smart speakers by saying play ESPN Radio. I'm Aaron Goldhammer in for Chris Carlin, and Chris Canty is with me. It's time for us to go out to the hotline. We bring in Rick Stroud, who covers the Bucks for the Tampa Bay Times. He is the host of Sports Day Tampa Bay, the podcast, which you can find wherever you get your podcast. Rick, what is the vibe around the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now? You know, it's weird, guys. I mean, obviously they haven't played well and haven't won the last two games. Um, got blown out in San Francisco. Obviously had a 10 or 17 to uh, nothing lead last week and lost. But at the end of the day, and this is a weird vibe, um, this team knows one thing, and that is they can still win the NFC South. However bad the record is, however bad they have played, uh every goal that they had is still in front of them. And, you know, they go to Arizona, they're going to play a a wounded Cardinals team. Obviously they're not playing well themselves, but I think for one half, they, they actually, you know, found a little bit of offense and then the turnovers happened. If they beat Atlanta, if they beat Carolina, they're in the playoffs and they might only have to win one game. So this team is focused on just getting to the postseason. And then with Tom Brady, they'll take their chances. And that's really where they're at right now. Yeah, Rick, and according to our own FPI at ESPN, the Bucks have a 76% chance at making the playoffs. And it feels like it's hard to say anything about this Bucks team with that degree of certainty. But how, I guess, how realistic is to look at their remaining schedule and think that the Bucks can win out? Well, I think it's possible. I mean, when you've lost two in a row, you know you know this league, Chris. I mean, it's, it's a week-to-week league. When you win, you feel like you can beat anybody. When you lose, you feel like you can't you can't lose to anybody. And so, you know, uh, they're going to go and play an Arizona team that doesn't have, have Kyler Murray, um, you know, doesn't have their backup quarterback. We'll see if Trace McSorley is the guy. But, you know, uh, They've done well in the division. They've lost, obviously, to Carolina on the road earlier this year. Uh, everything is, is, still, is still possible, and it's not a good division. They still have the GOAT. They still have a number of guys that are getting healthier. Um, if you get Vita Vea back, if you get um, you know, certain players that have been key guys that are injured, um, you know, Tristan Wirfs and others, you have a chance, and – I just feel like they're focused on one thing, which is win the division, 
and take your chances, you know, with Tom Brady in the postseason. And you're going to have a home playoff game, which is where they were exactly last year when they beat the Eagles. And, you know, that's, that's kind of all they have to play for. I mean, at the end of the day, it's about getting in the postseason. And, you know, they haven't played good football. They've been inconsistent. But I thought, I thought really in the first half against the Bengals, they showed some creativity on offense. Uh, Tom Brady looked comfortable in the pocket. They threw the ball down the field. You can't coach turnovers. Obviously, Brady had four of them. They had five, you know, overall with the fake punt. So, you know, you can't replace those mistakes, but they played good football at times, and they feel like they have it in them. So we'll see what happens down the stretch. It's going to be really interesting. Rick, you and Tom Brady have something in common. You both have podcasts. And on his, he, he was talking about, um, you know, this, how hard it is to work so hard and not win, and that he's never had to deal with that at any point in his career. What, if anything, did you learn or read into those comments? Well, humility. Um, you know, when a guy's been as successful as he has been, more successful than any player in the history of the league, um, he's not lost eight games in a regular season. And this is different. But then his whole life is different. You know, uh, we know what he went through in the off season. We know that he missed 10 days or so in the, in the, uh, in training camp. We know he's been through a divorce. Um, it's gut wrenching. Uh, he's had some personal issues and his focus has not been what Tom Brady's focus has usually been. And I think he is, you know, tried to pour as much as he can. Uh, and I think that over the last few weeks, from a personal standpoint, I think he's sounded better. He's looked better. And I, I just think that, you know, this has been a rough year. And, you know, I think that the fallacy that we all fall into is that Tom Brady's a quarterback, and even at 45, he's the same guy at 44. He's the same guy at 43 when he won a Super Bowl, and it, he's not. And, you know, this is a different team. You know, I think people thought, well, Todd Bowles is being handed a Super Bowl team. He wasn't. You know, they have a totally new offensive line. Um, they've had injuries on the defensive side. It's a new head coach, a new philosophy. There's a lot of moving parts here. And, you know, the, the script has not been written yet, but I think it's been a lot of change, both personally and professionally, for Tom Brady. And I think that's why it's been kind of an uneven season this far. Rick, you brought up Todd Bowles, and I wanted to ask you how much of the remainder of this season and what happens in the postseason will impact what happens with Todd Bowles moving forward? Well, you know, it's a, it's a week-to-week league, uh, Chris, and, and, and I think that, you know, coaches are judged on, their, on the bottom line and their records, and you are what your record says you are. They're a 6-8 team, which isn't good enough. But if I told you they won three in a row and finished nine and eight and won the NFC South, there's not many banners hanging from the Bucks facility that says division champions. There's just not. And if they get in the playoffs and they win a game uh, and they get a game from the NFC championship and maybe they win it, we'll see. So, again, you know, Todd is under fire. Um He's different than Bruce Arians. There's no question about that. And the expectations, I think, were unrealistic just because Brady's the quarterback, albeit 45. 
it's not the same team. It's not the same offensive line. It's not the same defensive line without Shaq Barrett. Vita Bay has been hurt. They've had the secondary hurt. And they got to get guys back. They got to get guys healthy. And a lot of this is, you know, the NFL is a war of attrition. You know, it's like NASCAR. You know, what parts are falling off? And I think if they get guys healthy uh, and they get to the postseason, that's where Tom Brady lives, right? That's when everybody's 0-0 and the pressure is the same on both sides. Who handles that pressure better than Tom Brady? So I wouldn't write him off. And until we know how this season ends, we can't really evaluate Todd Bowles. But he's done it his way, and it hasn't gone well so far. Um, But I still say, you know, you've got to wait until the story's played out. Rick, I'm sure we'll talk as that story continues to play out. Appreciate the time as always. Thank you. Here you guys. That's Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Up next. Why Canty was not impressed by one defending champion's display of sportsmanship the other night. That is next. I'm Aaron Goldhammer's Chris Canty on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. You can't miss Canty and Carlin. Pound for pound. The biggest show on ESPN radio. We are going to the world, the realm, really, of college football, where a Florida man, well, I guess he's a transplant because he's originally from New Jersey. He's going to be calling the Roof.com Boca Raton Bowl. That would be my co-host and partner, Chris Carlin. Uh, We are going to roll with the Liberty Flames on the money line at plus 143 and roll that into a nice little two-leg parlay with the over on total points. At 51 and a half, and drumroll hammer, that pays out at plus 372. So not a lot of juice, but it's a little stocking stuffer. Help offset the cost of some of those nice Christmas gifts that you bought everybody. You know, you so guys, we're trying to make you some holiday cash. Does, and Chris, anybody, you get to enjoy the Dawson Tones. What's because, up? Does anybody keep track of these? Because you guys are betting Liberty Flame football. I mean, last year I could have told you Malik uh, Willis. Yeah. Played for the Liberty. I can't give you one guy on the Liberty Flames this year. No, it's not important. What's important is that the Liberty Flames win on the money line and that the total score of points goes over 51 and a half. That's all you need to know. You don't need to know the names. You don't need to know the names. The the names are details that we don't need to know. It's all great matter. We we just want Liberty to win in a shootout, okay? We're looking for something like 45 to 56 Liberty. Let's go. You got to say the team that scores the more points first, as Christine Lisi will tell you with the update. Now, I know also very little about Toledo, even though they're right in my backyard. I live in Cleveland, and they're just, you know, over the, 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 the way. I can't tell you about either one of these teams. Let's hit three and out. Sometimes it's the worst, sometimes it's the best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is. Three and out. Time for On Thin Ice. Ryan Metlack telling us about something in the NHL that we absolutely need to know. Ryan. 
Thank you so much, Hammer. I appreciate that. Uh, this one, I really want to get the take of a champion in Chris Canty. So, uh, last night in an Avalanche Islanders game that amazingly had no goals going into overtime, when Matt Barzell of the Isles took down Avs defenseman Kale McCarr, one of the greatest defensemen we've ever seen already, and he's like 22, uh, McCarr told him he had just slipped and the call was overturned and the refs agreed with him. And so we're in a position where they could have lost the game because of this call going to OT. Mr. Canty, you've won a championship. Kale McCarr coming off a championship himself. Was this a good move or a bad move by our guy, Kale McCarr? That's a loser move by Kale McCarr. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. And I get it. He's already got a cup. He's won the Norris Trophy. He's won the Smythe. He's a two-time All-Star, and he's only 24. I get how great of a player he is. But if you're not doing everything that you can, including trying to get every break in the game, and in this instance, currying some favor with the officials, what are you doing? I mean, think about it this way from a football standpoint. Would you ever see a wide receiver run up to an official and say, hey, that wasn't defensive pass interference on that quarterback? Never. No. You would never see that happen. Much in the same way, Kale McCarr should not have gone up to to the ref and say, you know what? That really wasn't tripping. I just slipped. That's ridiculous. All right. I'll, I'll put it these terms. I was at the grocery store the other day, and there was something that I got for free that I didn't pay for, and I did go back and pay for it. But I think those circumstances are a little bit different. In the meantime, well, that's just stealing, Hammer. That, that, that's not. That's just that's stealing. I mean, it, it went through the checkout. It's just it didn't get scanned. Anyway, millions of ecstatic Argentines flooded onto the streets of Buenos Aires Tuesday to cheer the country's World Cup winning squad, led of course by Lionel Messi, with crowd so enormous it brought the open top bus parade to a standstill the players were unable to reach the central obelisco monument as planned due to security concerns because of the size of the crowd estimated by local media at four million people they were transferred from the parade uh to their buses by helicopters they had to be choppered out I got to imagine no one is more beloved in sports right now than the Argentine soccer team in Argentina. No, they seem like they know how to party. And I will say this, based on some of the drone shots, the people in Argentina got it in celebrating that World Cup championship. It reminds me, shameless plug, of when I won the Super Bowl in 2011 with the New York Giants. A parade of three million people in New York City. Going down the canyon of heroes, I was there. ending at City Hall. Unbelievable. People it reminds me of the parade and, they oh, threw it, me for winning my middle school tennis tournament. And it was, yeah, 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 there yeah, were four yeah. people my mom, my sister, my dad, and my grandma. No, yeah, and you probably got a nice participation trophy to go along with it. <laughs> no yeah. doubt. Earlier on Kenny and Carlin, Bill Safety, Jordan Poyer joined us, and he told us. About the difference in the quarterbacks. you got to go back and listen to that on the Canty and Carlin podcast, which you can find wherever you get your podcast. But the description of the difference between Mike White and Zach Wilson and what it's like to play against those guys, really worth going back and listening to and checking out. Thank you to Jordan Poyer for joining us. Anything else? you got three seconds, Chris Canty. Anything else you'd like to tell the people? Uh, Jordan Poyer said all you needed to know about Mike White versus Zach Wilson, period. (laughs) You got that right. More ESPN Radio is next. Check out Canty and Carlin weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+.